Just approving your request to speak, Carter, and you should be able to speak. Testing, testing. How are we doing, guys? Yes, loud and clear. What's up, Not man? Much. Happy, uh, happy Tuesday, December fifth, twenty twenty-three. Indeed, indeed. Welcome to the club, man. I believe this is a first, actually, uh, for both you and for Shade, if uh, we can go that far and uh, extend uh, that you are also. Involved in representing uh, Shade, it's uh, it's great to have you on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm a big big fan of the Cosmos Club, Cosmos Squad. It's it's an honor to to be up here and talk about the hub and what the future can look like for it. Because I I actually think it's a rather bright future. I think there's a lot of um, excellent developments in the work, and hopefully we can walk through what that can look like and if there's any time we also could talk maybe a little bit about shade at the end but i really would be fun to be largely focused on on adam as yeah a lot going on there for sure for sure i mean naturally we uh we tend to agree <laughs> we are definitely very bullish on the cosmos ecosystem as a whole of course but uh on cosmos Hub and adam as well which is also why uh we wanted to bring you on and uh and host this space because uh very uh, thought through uh, blog post that you did, uh, which I think deserve much more attention than uh, than or just more attention. Um, so yeah, but before uh, perhaps we we dive into all that, uh, obviously we link to the to the blog post uh, on the forum. Uh, maybe you can just uh, briefly talk a little bit about yourself, Carter, just to get a little bit of a personal touch and background on who is Carter, uh, just to understand where where all this is coming from. For sure. So. My name is Carter Wetzel. I have a, a background in computer science in finance. Uh, from 2017 to 2020, I uh, worked on some embedded systems related stuff. And during that three year journey, started writing a book that got published called Building Confidence in Blockchain. So my intro to the space was very much from an education standpoint. Read most of the books out there and they're either way too tech stack focused or way too investment focused. So. I wanted to kind of come into the space, create value in the form of educational material. Um, during that three-year journey, started caring about privacy and realizing a lot of the risks and problems tied to minor extractable value and front-running, um, and started to grow a conviction about the relationship between privacy and sovereignty, uh, and that to fully you know, fulfill this vision that we have for Web3, that we have to plant the flag down and defend privacy as as a human right and also as a commodity that's incredibly valuable to our financial ecosystems. Um, so eventually got plugged in with Seeker Network, uh, started running a validator node called um, Secure Secrets, which currently is on Seeker Network, Juno, Osmosis, Jackal, soon to be Andromeda as well. So have like a node running background uh, started helping out with um, the Secret Foundation and eventually kind of moved away from helping the Layer 1 ecosystem um, kind of parent organization instead focused on building out um, Shade Protocol, this suite of private DeFi applications. Um, and so I think I have a pretty interesting perspective uh, on Cosmos because I, I've kind of been able to be kind of this neutral sideline observer of Adam and the whole cosmos from afar. I've never really gotten too involved in things. So that, that forum post was actually my first ever contribution to the Commonwealth forums. Um, and so I, I like to enter in as, as neutral as possible away from a lot of the politics and the noise and just like really focus on kind of the, the objective 
utility path that that Adam can can head towards. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and a little bit about kind of my my perspective. Sure, awesome, appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, um, we can uh, obviously bring up the uh, Adam Endgame uh, post: money, this security, and liquidity. But before we do, maybe just uh, how did you get into Cosmos? Was it uh, because of Secret Network and the validator that you ran? Or yes. perhaps just out of curiosity, how did you first hear about Cosmos? Uh, everybody has sort of their own their own story of how they got involved and interested in Cosmos in the first place. Yes, yeah, so Secret Network was definitely the introductory path. Um, and then knowing about the Cosmos SDK, because I, I was kind of there in the early stages of Secret Network selecting the Cosmos SDK, it started to kind of like fall in love with that that technology and the kind of vision, the app chain thesis, and the kind of sovereign chain with interoperability story that Cosmos was headed towards felt like such a, a no-brainer, kind of the concept of horizontal scalability, um, and kind of infinitely so. Just it makes a lot of sense. It has a lot of parallels to how the internet scaled out. So I think I, I definitely watched videos um with with zucky and, and sunny kind of walking through components of the cosmos sdk and it was it was high, highly inspiring for sure nice all right so with the without further ado let's uh, let's dive in to uh to the essay blog post whatever we want to call it adam and game moneyness security and liquidity um i don't want to steal your thunder here so perhaps you can just Walk us through on a high level um, on what it's all about and uh, and why it's important. So the the first piece of the puzzle that the essay kind of outlines is is a very simple claim uh, that essentially utility is not in opposition to security. There's there's this kind of um, I think the Adam Adam one as it's being called the community kind of has this stance that. Um, you need kind of minimalism within the tech stack and anything related to kind of chasing and improving utility and revenue streams is in opposition to security. And I think it's, I think it's an interesting perspective. It, it might be true from kind of like the more, the more code and the more features you add, you know, you're, you're opening up additional risk vectors on like the tech stack side. I would say that's fair. Um, but essentially what I've been seeing in the last year, whenever these conversations come up about Adam as money, there's kind of a general fear around pursuing that path from, from some of the minimalist folks. So the opening part of the essay is kind of outlining and proving the fact that the more utility that Adam has, the more useful it is. Um, and the more useful it is, the more liquid it's going to become as token. and actually the economic security of the hub is ultimately derived from that utility. So by improving Adam's usability, by improving its interoperability story, by improving its properties, we're actually creating a more secure underlying blockchain from, from an economic um, standpoint. And so there's been this kind of like ongoing obsession with bonded rates of like, oh, like the bonded rates are the end all be all and we have to hit a certain target bonded rate uh, and if we're failing to do that then we're failing to provide um security and kind of what i do in the blog post is is show that bonded rates aren't the end all be all um that there are attack vectors even if you had a 99 percent bonded rate um and it's tied to someone performing you know, like a 51 percent attack and acquiring a huge percentage of the cosmos tokens to attack the network by performing otcs and those otcs would ultimately be benchmarked based off of the open market prices and so fundamentally security is actually a function of liquidity and liquidity is a function of utility therefore let's go make adam the most useful token it possibly can be because that's actually not an opposition to improving security. So I'll pause there. I don't know if that, that train of thought makes sense because of course the most interesting stuff is how do we make Adam more useful? But that was like the, the starting point was overcoming the suspicions of hub minimalists that believe that utility is in opposition to security. Yeah, and I think you, uh, you have a beautiful example, which is really perhaps not dumbing it down, but making it in extremely simple for anyone, technical, non-technical to understand 
the whole bonded ratio um, potential problem. You create this uh, uh, fictive economy with a uh, hundred atom, where ninety nine uh, atom or ninety nine percent is bonded, so it's been staked, and then one is being liquid. So yeah, again, guys, if you haven't checked out the essay, uh, you can see the link in the tweet that we did here uh, for announcing the space. So yeah, really, really nice way of or simplified way of looking at it to understand why this is something that is being discussed heavily in the Cosmos community. But yeah, let's move on to the utility part. I think uh, that's really the kicker. You have really 11 points. Um, again, don't want to steal your thunder, but 11 points for maximum Atom utility uh, to make Atom sort of the money of the interchain. So uh, yeah, maybe we should talk about that. We can also talk about economic security, which is a hot topic in general. A lot of people, for example, is uh, debating whether Bitcoin will have sufficient economic security for the future network um, as the halving continues to happen uh, every four years. But yeah, uh, we can go different ways here. We can talk about the utility part or we can talk about the economic security. So I'll let you, I'll let you decide, Carter, which one you want to take first. Yeah, let's let's start with the uh, utility. Let's do that. So yeah, you want to walk through the the eleven points, uh, or to highlight the ones that you find the most likely or most useful utilities. Uh, I don't know how you want to address this. Yeah, I think I think I'll just kind of go through them one at a time, and I'll I'll pause after each one. And if you have any questions, maybe we can we can engage engage with that. Definitely. So, you know the. Functionally, like the the money experience of Atom is only as good as its interoperability, and so essentially, like I always like to work work our way back from from user stories, right? So if I have Atom and I want to go do something useful with it, I'm going to go where there is there's applications and opportunities, and the power of IBC is, you know, Cosmos Hub is connected to all these different blockchains. And that experience of transferring money from one sovereign blockchain to another is based off of relayers, right? The current relayer experience is massively underinvested into, right? Like validators, the actual nodes on these underlying blockchains, there's these huge security budgets, like millions and millions and millions of dollars in inflation spent towards validators, which, which makes sense, right? They're, they're performing a valuable service. Um, they're the ones that are actually, you know, managing the state, managing, managing blocks themselves, right? But relayers are what unlock the relationship between different blockchains. And to date, um, that experience is very inconsistent. There's many, many times where channels go down and those user experiences of, of bridging between chains comes to a complete stop. Uh, and, and granted, IBC is nice because it has, it has protections in place where um, you really end up, you don't end up like losing money when, when IBC goes down, it just ends up being like the money gets kicked back to the originating chain, but it's still, it's still a fractured user experience. And also a lot of pressure financially is being put onto relayer. The relayers themselves are subsidizing the cost of this entire relayer, um, this entire IBC experience. So I really, I really view this as like two to three different things that need to be solved. Um, one of them is the uptime and consistency of IBC. I think, I think millions of dollars should be put into solving that, making sure that the up, upside, uptime and channel maintenance is darn near perfect, especially any channel related to the Cosmos Hub should have extremely, extremely high standards and high investment. Um, the second piece of the puzzle is relayer sustainability. We have to find a way where um, users are paying for these relayer costs in a way that's sustainable for the underlying uh, relayers. Or what's going to end up happening is these layer ones are going to have to do like these large kind of budget requests. And we don't have like a smooth programmatic way of consistently incentivizing relayers. So that's, that's the second thing that needs to be solved is re relayer um, sustainability, relayer uptime. And then I think the third is, and this isn't even mentioned in the blog post, but um, IBC 
and I was talking with composable labs earlier today on Twitter space. I think that they brought up some brilliant points. Um, IBC is a type of order flow, right? You have, you have all these different DeFi hubs, all these different DeFi ecosystems, and there's going to be a lot of competition for block space uh, tied to cross-chain transactions and cross-chain arbitrage. Mm. It's, it's going to become a huge, like, this is, this is going to be like a, a billion dollar industry one day, easily. Just cross-chain IBC is going to be nuts. And I think the hub should invest in somehow finding a way to have a piece of the pie, finding a way to be um, kind of the centerpiece. And, and the way they could do that is if Cosmos can get become the official light, light client connection to something like Solana, the official light client connection to Ethereum. Like there's, there's lots of other bridging solutions that are trying to kind of like bridge the gap. But I think Cosmos Hub could chase those light client connections. And once they establish that, there should be a way, I think, for the Cosmos Hub to benefit from that cross-chain um, MEV and arbitrage and order flow. So I'll pause there. That's the kind of relayer. Point number one, have to, we have to invest in that experience because that's the starting point of the money experience of Adam. I think it's an interesting point and I, more importantly, perhaps it's uh, interesting that you, um, you put it as number one because um, every time, normally when I host spaces um, with people and, and builders of the Cosmos ecosystem, I, I ask them the same thing I ask you, uh, how did you get involved in Cosmos? What sort of you know, made you interested in Cosmos. And very, very often, I would say 90, perhaps 80% of the time, they say IBC. And IBC is only as good as the relayers, as you mentioned, right? So if that doesn't work like a charm, then yeah, the the argument for Cosmos predominantly goes away, uh, at least for newbies and who people who are new to Cosmos. Um, the interesting thing also, the reason why I feel like it's, it's an interesting thing that you put it as number one is that, and, and maybe people are thinking about this right now listening, is that, is it really a big issue? I, I don't really have a good answer to that. I, my personal experience is that IBC works darn well already. It doesn't mean that it will work obviously darn well in the future, which is perhaps also the argument that you're making. Um, but it's very often like, or it's very rare for me uh, that uh, a transaction fails. Uh, perhaps smaller networks um, that I've sort of played around with, uh, transactions will fail when I move assets between a small network to a bigger network or vice versa. But yeah, just to um, just to dwell a little bit on this, uh, is it really an issue right now or this is more preparation for the future that you see when you say we need to invest heavily in relayers? Yes, so I you're absolutely right that short like essentially like the less the less connections, the less likely there is to be some sort of a a problem. But picture a world where there's a thousand other chains connected to to Cosmos to the Cosmos mm -hmm. hub, right? right? Now you have like a thousand different channels. You need redundancy. You need um, an entire kind of testing use cases to be able to you know come back online and, and manage all of those user experiences. And I guess the opportunity I'm identifying is, you know, this Cosmos ecosystem is a world of any to any connection, right? And so because Cosmos Hub kind of has a lead financially, it could choose right now to say any channel connection to the Cosmos Hub is going to be like S tier. It's going to be, we're going to heavily invest in this. So everyone we're connected to has a perfect experience. Versus, and like, I'll just choose two chains arbitrarily, all right? So this is just a fictitious example. Maybe um, Charlie Chain and Bob Chain, maybe those connections are, are, are going to be lower quality than if you're, you know, Bob Chain to Cosmos Hub, right? Like that's, that's going to be quality because it's tied to the hub. So it's, it's, like a, it's like a customer service thing. And the more customers there are, aka the more secondary chains connected to the Cosmos Hub, um, the more you need like a really scalable strategy uh, for those relayers or else the problems are going to become more identifiable and more noticeable. Makes sense. Makes sense. Let's uh, talk about number two, Cosmos Hub Bridge. So 
this this kind of falls in line with this this infrastructure strategy that I'm outlining here. And I think the Cosmos Hub has such a strong brand. And as like an outsider looking in the first like year and a half to two years, I think the Cosmos Hub took like a very neutral stance on using that brand, which I think was really, you know, there's, there's, there's trade-offs to it. I think, I think the advantage was it allowed other brands to kind of propagate. Because imagine if there was like an Atom Dex chain that was launched back in like 2021 or 2020, right? Like that might have stifled some of the innovation, the competitiveness. So I think, I think Atom took a really rapid approach to neutrality out of the gates with, with putting its brand on products. But I think we're deep enough into this journey now that if there's anything Cosmo should tie its brand to, it should be infrastructure. Imagine you had a Cosmos hub.bridge website and tied to that best in class relayer experience, you have a perfectly beautiful UI UX for bridging any like anywhere in Cosmos. And that's just perfectly maintained and managed. And I, and I think that would kind of solidify when people think of interchain money, they're going to go to the place that has the best bridging experience. And right now it's very scattered, right? Like you have, you have TFM, you have Axelar, something like Osmosis. It's like it's on the portfolio page and it's just about Osmosis. And, and like there's these various bridging experiences throughout Cosmos. And usually they're kind of app biased. But I think, I think the Cosmos Hub could come in and own a best-in-class bridge page. And I think that solidifies Adam as entertain money because it's, it's the best Adam money experience available. So how would that look like from a user experience perspective? Is it a page, as you say, where that is uh, sort of prolific in Cosmos? Everybody knows about it. Right now, for example, TFM uh, is, I wouldn't say a bridge, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of where people go to move around uh, assets. Is that how you picture it? Or yeah, just to understand better the user experience in this? Yes. So I think, I think it would be, you know, the two, two to three different pages. I, th I think your first page is just focused on that classical, classical bridging experience. I think you could have another page that's best in class focused on kind of channel uptime, ch channel downtime, right? Like that's, that's another like key page. Um, and then I think also like the, the IBC kind of like block explorer experience could also be integrated into that bridge page. So kind of the trackability, the error handling, all of that packaged into a Cosmos branded, Cosmos owned infra play, I think yeah, would be a yeah. huge value add. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's a little bit scattered. I hear that feedback all the time also for people who are new to Cosmos. Like then you have TFM, for example, for moving assets around, and then you got MinScan for looking at channel. Like it's just so scattered all over and it, it, takes, it takes some time and effort, uh, not to mention to, to really understand the, all the moving pieces and get an overview of what's happening in Cosmos and what's possible. And, and, there's, the, and there's the brand trust thing, right? Like yeah. a new user is going to discover Cosmos because of the name Cosmos. Yeah. And now I have to go find some other brand to move my Atom around. Like, I don't yeah. know, like I, it, it seems like Cosmos as a brand already owns the money experience. So like, let's double down on that. Let's have the best possible infrastructure around that. Yeah. And that was how Cosmos started out and, and sort of the, the vision of Cosmos, right? It was uh, supposed to be super decentralized, people building all over, uh, moving around assets, uh, using IBC and creating all kinds of stuff. But I think I would I tend to agree, like the branding of Cosmos Hub is strong. People, especially in the beginning, <laughs> need to know that they are using a tool or an application that is safe um, and not just have to educate themselves like crazy to, you know, understand the entire, the entire thing. And I think speaking of, uh, of branding and, and, you know, having something that is recognized uh, and easy to grasp uh, is a nice segue to, to uh, utility number three that you mentioned, which is uh, Cosmos Hub Wallet uh, and sort of Adam as the first class citizen um, uh, in IBC wallets. I think that's an interesting one also, especially these days with wallets popping up uh, over and over. Of course, many people use Kepler or Leap, um, uh, 
there's multiple wallets, but that's all of the main ones. But yeah, I just to take my personal experience also. Of course, I used MetaMask in the past. And then when I started getting into Cosmos, I was like, what the heck is Kepler, right? Is it safe? <laughs> um, it was sort of an unknown brand to me. I think if I was to exposed to something called Cosmos Hub uh, wallet, I would, I would feel much more safe, uh, really. Uh, I didn't have to do a bunch of research about Kepler in my case. So I think that's sort of proving your point. But uh, again, I don't want to steal your thunder for, for utility number three here. I mean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like you have your Cosmos Hub wallet as a first-time Cosmos user, and then you go to your the Cosmos Hub bridge page, which, which also could have a direct integration with the wallet, right? So now you have really nice utilities where you can, you can push users from the wallet to the bridge, maybe from the bridge to the wallet. And it's really doubling down on the trust that already exists within the Cosmos brand. And one thing I would say too is funding these types of like Cosmos branded and owned primitives does not mean there shouldn't be other wallets and other bridges. There should be hundreds of other wallets and bridges that support IBC and Atom. But I think this is acknowledging that there is a competitive advantage for the Atom ecosystem to Realize that it has that its brand creates trust with users, um, and the more we can improve that user experience and that trust, the more that translates to um, Adam being a more trusted token, which ultimately translates back to better economic security. Right? That's kind of the the flywheel: stronger brand, stronger trust, stronger utility, better security. Yeah, we shouldn't uh, underestimate. Uh, I think this because. Most people by far, they the way they get into Cosmos, so they hear about Cosmos whatever way or whatever triggers uh, resonates with them. But then, okay, so they would typically go on a centralized exchange, uh, Binance, Coinbase, whatever, go and buy Atom because Atom is sort of seen as the token uh, to get started in Cosmos for good reasons. Um, so you, you buy Atom on a, some centralized exchange typically, and then you move it to Cosmos Hub. But then you realize, at least when I was uh, getting started in Cosmos, you have to, in order to do something, you have to move to Osmosis. Then you have to get into that. You have to download this Kettle wallet that I've never used before, never heard of before. It was just so, so scattered uh, from, the, from the beginning. But the starting point is typically for people, Adam. And if we can create a you know, Cosmos Hub that can service a lot of these users, at least to get going uh, into the Cosmos ecosystem, I think we do a tremendous service, not just to Cosmos Hub, but also to the other chains, uh, Cosmos chains uh, out there. Because, uh, you know, simply we will get many more users that feel comfortable using uh, Cosmos and getting into Cosmos in the first place. That's just my take, at least. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You get, you get the vision. You 100% get the vision. And, and like, I think that's the cool part is like these different bullet points. There's no, there, there's trade-offs to pursuing all these things, but as a whole, like you're an example of someone that you've read that and you, and you get you get that that onboarding experience is not what it could be and should be for an ecosystem of this size, right? And I think there's some people that say, oh, like the fracturedness of Cosmos is a feature, not a bug. And I would say just because it's a feature doesn't mean that we can't take advantage of the, the trust that already exists in the Cosmos brand. Yeah. Let's move on to number two, Atom as gas or fee, network fee. Yes. So this one is really, really key. So the, the, what I'm envisioning as like an optimal end state for Atom is that every, like you can use Atom on any app tied to IBC in the Cosmos. And what I mean by that is it, it's either matches the underlying reality or it's, or it's kind of a magic trick and, and both are fine. What I mean by that is if I can spend Adam and that Adam, if I, if I can spend Adam on a transaction and what's happening is Adam is getting sent to something like osmosis swaps to the underlying gas token and then, and then sent to the underlying L1 that I was performing the transaction on, that's totally fine. Right. But from a user perspective, if, if, it, if my Adam can feel like it can do anything, if it, if it can be the gas token on all chains, that's unbelievably powerful for the psychology of Adam being useful and Adam as money. The ideal world is that the validators accept Adam as gas, but I think a close second place to that is getting having enough abstraction in place with the wallets 
that it feels like you can use Atom as gas everywhere. Does that, does that kind of make sense, that abstraction of taking advantage of IBC cross-chain calls to use it as gas, but even if, even if the underlying validators don't accept Atom as gas, we can still get very, very close to it. I think it does. Uh, just a follow-up. Is it only, are you envisioning only chains uh, renting security on Cosmosub, so basically in the auto, uh, Atom economic zone, or do you envision more chains beyond uh, those in the Atom economic zone? Yeah, so I, th I think any chain that's in the Atom economic zone should for sure accept Atom as gas on the validator level, and I, mm. and I think the Cosmos hub should should push for that. And because there's a crossover and validator set, I think it makes perfectly good sense to kind of enforce and, and push for that kind of shared utility of Atom within the AEZ. And then anything outside of the Atom economic zone, that's where I think you can start using that type of abstracted user experience where I'm spending Atom and behind the scenes, it's getting swapped to Bob coin and then spent on the Bob transaction, right? And so from my end, I, as a user, I don't, I don't care what's happening behind the scenes. Ultimately, mm -hmm. what I care about is it feels like I can use my Atom as gas anywhere. Mm -hmm. And if you can pull that off, super, super powerful. How would you uh, compare that to ETH, Ethereum? I think um, in general, Cosmos and Ethereum is, uh, funny enough, starting to look more and more alike. I mean, Ethereum has all these layer twos, uh, renting security, really, um, settling transactions ultimately on, on the Ethereum mainnet network. Um, in Cosmos, obviously, we have app chains. In Cosmos Hub, really finding its place, being the hub, uh, finding utility in the Atom token, like we talk about right now. Um, so how would you compare stuff like this, uh, Atom as gas, throughout Cosmos, not just uh, beyond, going beyond the Atom economic zone, uh, to something like Ethereum, uh, just for people to compare the two? Well, that's, that's an interesting question. So. Ethereum, because it's focused on kind of this monolithic, be the end all be all smart contract platform, there's a lot of competition for block space concentrated into one spot in one location. Mm -hmm. And ETH is, ETH is that gas, right? Versus with Cosmos, all these different blockchains have their own block space with separate levels of, of demand. So it's, it's, I think it's easier for the the free market to kind of price the block space when the use cases are kind of separated out into these different these different chains so then you know i guess like ultimately the people that benefit the most is the, the users right we get we get cheaper transactions because my DeFi use case isn't competing with an nft use case that's competing with a rwa use case right like ethereum it's just like we're chucking all of that together into one place versus Cosmos like distributes out the use cases in different places. Um, how that impacts the gas paradigm, I think is ultimately Cosmos is way more scalable than Ethereum is from a block space perspective. So then whoever is the most liquid, useful money within this more scalable ecosystem stands to benefit greatly. So I think is short term, it's harder for Adam to capture that value because it isn't enshrined as accepted gas into all of these new Cosmos chains. But working with the wallets, investing into abstracting out that gas experience, it can become extremely useful, almost like perceived as gas across every app chain. And then I think I think, I think the potential long-term upside of Cosmos onboarding way more users, way more liquidity, way more utility, if Adam's positioned within that more scalable ecosystem, it stands to benefit greatly. Interesting, man. Interesting. Um, yeah, and uh, it's it's a tough question also, but uh, I just had to ask it, I think, um, because it's getting debated more and more uh, how Cosmos and Ethereum is starting to look more alike. So uh, I think talking about the utility of Adam, it... Um, the question has to be raised <laughs> is adam then becoming uh, similar to eth right um are we going ultrasound perhaps even <laughs> i don't yeah, think just it yet depends, but, uh, it depends on the roll up so i think and this is this is once again borrowed from the composable space i was on uh, earlier but one theory would be that 
a lot of the fast transaction types are gonna are gonna migrate off of Ethereum. So like high frequency traders, they're gonna move to something like Solana or Cosmos versus those kind of like slower products where a user does one action and walks away for three months and then comes back. Those are probably gonna stay in Ethereum. And so then Ethereum ends up being like the layer two, like servicing layer two rollups plus those slow moving, slow frequency DeFi use cases. And then the high frequency stuff kind of moves to a better layer one that matches that use case that can offer cheaper fees. Beautiful. Let's talk about number number five, sorry. Uh, Cosmos Risks Team. I think that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, so we need a risk team uh, to build Atom Utility. Talk to us about that. The idea here is that Atom is extremely useful collateral. And the hub could start earning passive income by lending out Atom to money markets. Right, you you could put Adam hmm. on like Ave. You could put Adam in, in Solana money markets. You could put Adam on Umi and and Mars Protocol, and literally lend it out to those protocols and earn interest fees from people borrowing Adam. Right now, the risk of that is, of course, you're trusting those underlying smart contracts and those underlying platforms. So, essentially, what a risk team does is it's, it would be a combination of kind of like economic experts and actual code auditors that would come in, assess any of these given DeFi products that the hub could benefit from lending out its atom to. Um, and in the event that it's deemed safe, they could you know, scope, here's how much we'd be comfortable putting into that DeFi application. Um, and then the hub could then vote on, essentially it's like a decentralized bank lending out um, atom to these DeFi protocols. And I think the money markets are where are, are like extremely powerful compared to like a lot of these liquidity deals. There's there's impermanence loss involved, uh, and there's some of that like trading volatility with like these you know token swaps, and there's kind of like a speculative component where the hub's being like a venture capitalist. But I think I think the hub should shy away from being a venture capitalist as a whole. Um, I think I think I, I think it can use its treasury much more effectively as a lender. And the, the beauty of the hub as this decentralized bank and lender is it grows Adam's moneyness because there's going to be more liquidity. There's going to be more kind of like um, leverage loop staking, which ultimately incre helps increase um, a lot of that economic security and Adam's usefulness. So that, that all goes back to that improve the liquidity profile through the lending and borrowing markets, earn interest fees from it, and it ultimately also helps improve Adam's moneyness. The trade-off is you need to know that those DeFi apps are safe to use, and that's where the risk team comes in. Interesting. Do you see the main argument as being financial, so optimizing um, return essentially from Adam or the treasury, uh, or do you see it as the main argument being distribution and adoption, so more people borrowing um, Adam uh, across different ecosystems, not just uh within the cosmos ecosystem but also on solana as you say or ethereum or whatever so yes. what, what think, do you think, think the main distribution, i think the distribution effect of atom and how that improves its moneyness profile is a lot more valuable than like mm. the interest fee payments that the hub could collect on it but you know you get the best of both worlds that's that's the nice part beautiful let's talk about number six cosmos DeFi bank maybe that's uh, overlapping a bit with yes. what we just talked about Yes, that's precise overlap. I, I combined five and six, so we'll just yeah. say that we covered both there. Let's get to number seven and LST support. So obviously LSTs being a super hot topic these days, uh, Stride, I guess, uh, sort of an elephant in the room when it comes to Cosmos Hub, uh, renting security now with a, with, a, uh, with a consumer chain that they built. So yeah, but talk about LST support. So this is, this is a fun one because about a little over a year ago, before liquid staking tokens really took off, I, I had a strong thesis about how fast they were getting it adopted. And it, and it really looks like we're on track to do that. So the beauty of Adam LSTs is it, it does increase the bonded ratio, which is a component of security. It's just not the end all be all. Um, and it also improves Adam's moneyness because you have a yield bearing version of Adam that can be used throughout the collective Cosmos ecosystem of DeFi. And I think 
I think the persistence proposal just passed. I'd have to double check on that. But the hub is has aggressively, I would say collectively agreed that it's going to support LST tokens. And as I said in the forum post, all I can do is applaud that. I think we're going to see the benefits of that in this next, you know, bull cycle of of, of growth. Because um, it's just, it's it's a useful version of Atom. And whenever we can spread that utility, that's, that's only a net benefit. Definitely, definitely. What do you think about uh, Stride and all these other um, LST protocols, app chains that is uh, starting to sort of uh, pile into Cosmos Hub? Do you have any any thoughts on that also? Um, I, I think the biggest risk is that we're not necessarily, the Cosmos Hub isn't investing in that risk team that I was talking about, right? Like in an ideal world before you pass a huge stride proposal or persistence proposal or quicksilver proposal there would be like a, a deeper due diligence that the hub is investing into um the cool part is if that investment into a risk team was there then you might be able to 10x the size of the experiment or maybe you would half the experiment maybe you would make the experiment way smaller um but i think without that kind of intentional investment in the risk measurement everyone's kind of just shooting from the hip. It's like, yeah, that community proposal looks big, mm. but not too big or small. Like, it, it's like, where's, where's the measurement there, right? Where's, where's kind of yeah. the objectivity of, of what's driving our willingness to expose ourselves to that much protocol risk? Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. Uh, as you say, it's, it's a bit random, really. Um, you know, uh, it reminds me of, uh, I can't remember who made this joke, but like you get a million uh, whatever tokens you get a million you get a million like whoever's and, and people have all these subjective opinions obviously people tend to get very tribal you know some people like stride more than persistence more than quicksilver whatever um so yeah it, it becomes a very a random mess i would call it um so yeah having a sort of alignment uh, will be will be nice uh, ultimately Let's move on to number eight, invest in Cosmos stablecoin liquidity. Yes. So this one, uh, I'll be straight up. And I, I think this one's quite, it's, it's hard to do it without incentives. And so I think the best answer is by doing all the other bullet points, one of the results of that should be improved stablecoin liquidity with Atom. Um, in essence, like the better the, better the stablecoin liquidity is with Atom, the more liquid of a token it is, the easier it is for people to enter and exit the token and kind of financially express themselves with that. It, it makes it better collateral. So whenever the hub can help push stablecoin liquidity in the cosmos, as well as with centralized exchanges, whenever we can improve Adam's liquidity profile, that's only a net, a net positive. Um, I think it's done a pretty good job of that, even with um, like Noble, with the native USDC issuance. I think that's a really strong move. The question is, is that USDC liquidity going to be really focused on Osmo liquidity or is Adam also going to get a slice of that kind of mm. liquidity pie? And I think it's going to be pretty pivotal that it aggressively pursues those relationships because if, if, it, if it doesn't, if another Cosmos token takes over and has a better liquidity profi- profile, then that token is has a claim on being a better form of native money. So I, I think the stablecoin liquidity is a sneaky, sneaky way that Adam could lose that status. If it, if it doesn't make sure it has that superior liquidity profile, uh, it, it could lose some of its claim on being the interchain money. Yeah. What do you think about um, using uh, Adam as collateral to, for example, mint uh, stablecoins, IST, you, uh, you mentioned in the essay, it could be USK also on uh, on Kajira. I mean, uh, Adam is, uh, is, is is possible to mint uh, many different uh, yes. stablecoins now. Um, is that a way to improve stablecoin uh, liquidity? Uh, do you see? It absolutely could. I would love it. I I don't think a lot of Cosmos folks would be comfortable with that level of risk just because of. I think what happened with Terra Luna. Has, has made people like incredibly nervous about decentralized stablecoins. But if I put True. my risk, if I put my risk exposure hat on, you you could you could accelerate 
Atom stablecoin liquidity so fast. You you could have you can mint out you know 10 million IST, pair that with Atom, mint out 5 million USKA, pair that with Atom, mint out 5 million Silk, pair that with Atom. And once again, this goes back to why I think that risk team is so important because if you do that without the hub investing into its own audits and its own investigation and its own like economic framework for exposure, then once again, that's no different than just a community pool, just like shooting from the hip. So that that risk team, I think, is the the key piece mm-hmm. of the puzzle before you can start making these big moves. But once that's there, heck yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I'd be all for it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. We don't want to get back into a Terra Luna situation, uh, especially not with Adam. That would be that would be very very bad. <laughs> um, I think we learned our lesson here for the next cycle. We don't want well, to repeat hopefully, that thing. hopefully, right? <laughs> that's the, the key. That's what. Oh man, I, I've been here for six years now, and the the sentence we've learned our lessons didn't it didn't, it didn't age well in 2017. It didn't age well in 2020. And if I'm being honest with you, it probably is not going to age well in 2023 either. Yeah, that's true. It's sad, sad but true. Let's move on to number nine: resolve security budget distribution. I think uh, that perhaps ties back into something that we talked about before, but uh, I'll let you unpack that. Right now on the hub, you know, in, inflation is distributed to validators based off of how much Atom is bonded to to their node, right? And this isn't this is a problem that isn't it isn't just experienced by the Cosmos hub. It's really it's it's really felt by a lot of the Cosmos chains where the stake distribution is highly focused on those top ten validators. And and the problem with that is then your 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 Nakamoto coefficient, your your decentralization score, kind of sucks, right? Like you have all these other validators, let's say rank twenty to one hundred, that are just they're just holding on for dear life. Like they're running at a loss. It's expensive for them to do this. And then your top, you know, twenty nodes, they're making they're making a killing, right? Um, and so I think even with the inflation changes that were proposed, like one of the counter arguments was, oh, this, this is going to make it even worse for the smaller validators. And the thing is, they're actually right. And so the problem here is not the size of the overall security budget. The problem is the distribution of inflation. We're essentially overpaying for and overvaluing kind of like the top nodes of the network. And we're, we're undervaluing smaller validator and so one of the problems that has to be solved is i think there's got to be a way to better distribute the inflation um to those to those smaller nodes and some in in some sort of in some sort of programmatic framework um tldr the problem is not the security budget size the problem is its distribution and if we can mm-hmm. solve that it'll improve the decentralization of, of atom Interesting, because that's uh, exactly the discussion in the the, the size of the security budget uh, in, for example, Bitcoin, or at least uh, when Bitcoin maxis and Ethereum maxis, they they get into each other, uh, a classic fight between the two. Ethereum people will always uh, default back to the security budget uh, for Bitcoin uh, becoming uh, less and less uh, weaker and weaker, essentially. And uh, the catch line uh, there, the catchphrase there is that eventually Bitcoin will have to go over to become uh, proof of stake, just like Ethereum did, moving from proof of work to proof of stake with the merge. Um, so yeah, interesting that uh, Adam has naturally also a security budget that needs to be sufficient in order to secure the chain, um chain, but. Um, but yeah, it's a different problem. It's not a matter yeah. of the size of the budget, it's a matter of distribution, so it doesn't become too centralized. I think that's an interesting yep. interesting take there, really. Uh, so yeah, nice lesson. That's something that I hadn't put much thought into, actually, uh, before reading your essay. So I think that's an interesting point there. Let's go on to number 10, IBC experimentation. Yeah, so the claim here is that cross-chain smart contract calls and the use of IBC to have really interesting cross-chain applications are going to be a huge part of the next five years of Cosmos. Uh, I think the days of apps being constrained to a single chain are are coming to a close over the next couple of years. And so 
Adam can really benefit by continuing to invest in that IBC cross-chain story. And of course, it will benefit from that if it continues to be intimately integrated into every new DeFi app that's kind of launched in this collective Cosmos ecosystem. So I would say embrace the experimentation. Um, keep pushing Adam far and wide as more and more Cosmos DeFi emerges. Um, and one of the competitive advantages Cosmos has compares to, compared to Ethereum is not just the transferability of money, but the ability of smart contracts to seamlessly talk with each other between the different block spaces. Um, and so embrace that. There's so much value there. Beautiful. And I know uh, you're a busy man, Carter, so I'll just champion on to uh, the last point, which I also think there's a lot to unpack there. I don't know how much time we have, but let's, uh, let's get it going. And that is about investing in the brand of uh, Adam as interchain money. I'm curious to hear what you, uh, how you unpack this one. The, I think the, the story of the Cosmos Hub has a fork in the road. I think it's focused on Cosmos Hub as a blockchain. And then there happens to be this token called Atom that governs it. Oh, and it, it happens to have some utility too. So I, I think when people hear the word the Cosmos Hub or Cosmos in general, I, I think they think about the value of it coming from Cosmos Hub being a blockchain and being, you know, having this, this security. I would argue that the most exponential utility and story for the Cosmos Hub to launch, latch onto is Atom as interchain money. Because, like, interchain security and these side chains like Stride and Neutron, we're not going to see an exponential growth of those. It, like, it's just not going to happen. It, it's, it's really expensive for validators to kind of do this interchain security setup. And like Polkadot kind of already proves, proves this to a degree. Yeah. setup. There's some limitations there, but what is exponential is the number of new Cosmos chains tied to IBC. That's going to yeah. be exponential. You will have 10,000 Cosmos blockchains by like 2028, 2029. So investing in the story of Adam as interchain money, that's exponential. That's an exponential story. Cosmos Hub is just kind of this closed blockchain that's got some side chains. Like that's that's been done before. That's not exponential. Adam as interchain money is. And that's I think that's the new story we have to tell. And of course, like, so it's it's really just like the ordering. It's like Adam is interchain money backed up by the most secure blockchain versus right now it's like Adam is the super secure blockchain that happens to have Adam as money. So I would just flip the order, retell the story, significantly invest into documenting the, the beautiful history of the Cosmos Hub and, and, and spreading the word about that. I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, I think it, uh, it's bringing it home, really, uh, the entire essay. When you, th when you think about investing in, I don't know, if you want to invest in the Ethereum ecosystem, you buy ETH. If you want to invest in the Solana system, you buy Sol, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you want to invest in the Cosmos ecosystem, sure, you can buy Atom, but you're not really investing in all the different chains uh, building in the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, sure, a little bit, you could say, but not really. I mean, Atom is part of the Cosmos hub and it, it's not isolated, but there's not really a lot of overlap uh, investing in the quote-unquote Cosmos ecosystem when you buy Atom. If you really want to buy into the Cosmos ecosystem, uh, you would have to buy a basket of different assets. It's also why you have the, what is it called? IBCX token, right? Like an index token. Uh, you have multiple, I think, at this point, uh, where you sort of have a nice little weighted basket of assets uh, uh, with tokens uh, building in the economic, in the uh, Cosmos ecosystem. But yeah, I think it's really bringing it home. Uh, the story is much more clean for potential investors, people interested in buying into the Cosmos ecosystem. If you want to buy into Cosmos ecosystem, you buy Atom. Right now, that's, of course, the story that people tell themselves, but you don't really, uh, when you buy Atom, buy into the, the, the entire Cosmos ecosystem. And I think if we fix that, we will fix a lot of things um, in our entire space. And I would argue that the reality of current infrastructure is not placing Atom as the best interchain money. Until you invest in perfect bridging, perfect mm -hmm. wallet, perfect relayers, 
Atom liquidity far and wide into every single Cosmos DAP. Atom Treasury investing liquidity and resources into spreading Atom liquidity throughout IBC, the IBC world. If we don't do that, Atom won't be the interchain money of the future. And so that's the urgency behind the essay. Look at that list. We're doing like the liquid staking tokens, the only one that I said, hey, great job here, right? The rest of those are completely up for grabs. And so that's where I do relate to Zaki's tweet back in the, back in the, the day where he said the, the hour is nigh, you know, like the cosmos has, you know, like one year to get its act together. And I, 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 I but, but I believe, I actually do believe I, I've, I've had a chance to the, the Adam accelerator now actually approached me after that blog post. Uh, there's a chance I'll be able to get involved there at a high level just to be like a, a contributor for free. Because um, there's a lot of smart people here. There's a lot of passionate people here. And despite the humanness and the mistakes that are made along the way, I do believe that Cosmos can execute and make Adam the interchain money. But it doesn't get to sit on its hands. It's not allowed to not take risks, not allowed to not invest in infrastructure. It's not allowed to gaslight people about problems that do or don't exist. It's going to take a lot of honesty and it's going to take speed and execution, but it can be done. Can be done. Definitely. Carter, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your thoughts on how we make uh, or increase the utility of Adam. Of course, I want to talk uh, about shade, but I feel like we should, uh, we should plan another space for that and talk specifically about shade. I think it, uh, it won't do it just uh, to just briefly mention the last sort of five minutes uh, what Shade is all about. I would very much love to have you on and, and host a space dedicated to uh, Shade Protocol. Um, so yeah, if it's okay with you, I think uh, this has been great. Uh, we should close this thing off uh, while, while it's great <laughs> uh, yeah. and, not, uh, and not confuse people too much with... Uh, with the information overload, uh, do you agree with that, or or would you uh, just? Uh... I do agree. Let's let's do a follow up Twitter space about Shape Protocol. I'd be happy to talk about our vision and how we integrate with the the cosmos. Exactly. Again, thank you so much, Carter, for coming on. This has been super uh, informative and uh, inspiring to uh, to someone like me who is super passionate about cosmos. So uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this. Uh, how this unfolds uh, if uh, people are picking up the baton all the ideas uh, including yourself of course perhaps even some people from shade i don't know uh, that's something we can talk about also next time we speak but yeah carter thank you so much for coming on today and uh, looking forward to speak to you again yes have a nice day thanks for having me on bye Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse Misrepresenting the first Come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash Is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy While the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here Looking faceless Trying to make a living Southern friendship bracelets Dead ends Dragging out the max amount of payments Red down Days. Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these token knocks They probing this bear, flexing broken knots I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting knots And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over the impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds, fondue in the morning Forming mycological bonds, flick the cap Yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first Serve mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy While the thunder is served
Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace stacked in non toxic just to get a better place. Smacking on the hostage like the shit is play for keeps clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines. They call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats. Tearing apart your community, all these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity. Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each. I'm on the back, 10 stargazing after the siege. Commanding all the management to grab a few seats, and then we'll round up the beasts and send a Messenger East, y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served